0: In me. January sixteenth. Up in Mount Bali, wow. reading the Word of God, enjoying the snow, wall, Listen to Joseph Prince sing. Thank you, Father in heaven, giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, your glory and your honor, Lord, in this day, in Jesus' name. Thank you for the reading of today. Jacob <clears throat> stayed where he was for the night. Genesis 32, 13 to 34, 31. <clears throat> Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected the, these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, ewes. 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told his servants, Go ahead of me with the animals, but keep some distance between the herds. He gave these instructions to the men leading the first group, When my brother Esau meets you, he will ask, Whose servants are you? Where are you going? Who owns these animals? You must reply, They belong to your servant Jacob, but they are a gift for his master Esau. Look, he is coming right behind us. Jacob gave the same instructions to the second and third herdsman and to all who follow him behind the herds. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And... Be sure to say, Look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts were sent on ahead while Jacob himself spent the night in the camp. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons and crossed the Jabbok river with them after taking them to the other side he sent over all his possessions this left Jacob all alone in the camp and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break when the man saw that he had he would not win the match he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out out of his socket Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? the man asked. He replied, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him, From now on you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied, then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising at Jacob as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Then Jacob looked up, and he saw Esau coming with his four hundred men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant wives. He put the servant wives and the children at the front, Leah and her children. Next, Rachel and Joseph last. Then Jacob went on ahead as he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. <clears throat> then Esau looked at the women and children and asked, Who are these people with you? These are the children God has graciously given to me, your servant, Jacob replied. Then the servant wives came forward, with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children, and they bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came, asked Esau asked. Jacob replied, They are a gift, my lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, No, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. Please take these gifts as I have brought you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Well, Esau said, Let's be going. I will lead the way. But Jacob replied, You can see, my Lord. That some of of the children are very young, and the flocks and herds have their young. Two, if they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at the pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. I will meet you as seer. All right, Esau said, but at least let me assign some of my men to guide and protect you. Jacob replied, That's not necessary. It's enough that you receive me warmly, my lord. So Esau turned around and started back to Seir the same day. Jacob, on the other hand, traveled on to Sukkot. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was named Sukkot, which means shelter. Later, having traveled all the way from Padam Aram, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem in the land of Canaan. There he set up camp outside the town. Jacob brought the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it El Olehi Israel, El Elohe, Israel. Chapter 34, verse 1. One day Dinah, Dina, the daughter of Jacob and Leah, went to visit some of the young women who lived in the area. But when the local prince, Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hiv- Hiv- Hivite, saw Dinah, he seized her and raped her. But then he fell in love with her, and he tried to win her affection with tender words. He said, to his father, Hamor. Get me this young girl. I want to marry her. Soon Jacob heard what, that Shechem had defiled his daughter, Dinah. But since his sons were out in the field herding his livestock, he said nothing until they returned. Hamor, Shechem's father, came to discuss the matter with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's son had come in from the field as soon as they heard what had happened. They were shocked and furious at their sister, had been raped Shechem had done a disgraceful thing against Jacob's family something that should never be done Hamor tried to speak with Jacob and his sons my son Shechem is truly in love with your daughter he said please let him marry her in fact let's arrange other marriages too you give us your daughters and for our sons and we will give you our daughters for your sons and you may live among us. The land is open to you. Settle here and trade with us, and feel free to buy property in the area. The Shekin himself spoke to Dinah's father and brothers. Please be kind to me, and let me marry her, he begged. I will give you whatever you ask. No matter that dowry or gift you demand, I will gladly pay it. Just give me the girl as my wife. But since Shechem had defiled their sister Dinah, Jacob's sons responded deceitfully to Shechem and his father Amur. They said to him, we couldn't possibly allow this because you're not circumcised. It would be a disgrace for our sister to marry a man like you. But here's the solution. If every man among you will be circumcised like we are, then we will give you our daughters and we'll take your daughters for ourselves. We will live among you and become one people. But if you don't agree to speak be circumcised. We will take her and be on our way. Hamor and his son Shechem agreed to their proposal. Shechem wasted no time in acting on this request, for he wanted Jacob's daughter desperately. Shechem was a highly respected member of his family, and he went with his father Hamor to present this proposal to the leaders of the town gate. These men are our friends, they said. Let's invite them to live here among us and trade freely. Look, the land is large enough to hold them. We can take their daughters and wives and let them marry ours. But they will consider staying here and becoming one people with us only if all of our men are circumcised just as they are. But if we do this, all their livestock and possessions will eventually be ours. Come, let's agree to their terms and let them settle here among us. So all the men in the town council agreed with Hamor and Shechem, and every male in the town was circumcised. But three days later, when their wounds were still sore, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, who were Dinah's full brothers, took their swords and entered the town without opposition. Then they slaughtered every male there, including Hamor and his son Shechem. They killed them with their swords. Then took Dinah from Shechem's house and returned to their camp. Meanwhile, the rest of Jacob's sons arrived, finding the men slaughtered. They plundered the town because their sister had been defiled there. They seized all their flocks and herds and donkeys, everything they could lay their hands on, both inside the town and outside in the fields. They looted all their wealth and plundered their houses. They also took their little children and wives and led them away as captives. Afterwards, Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have ruined me. You made me stink among all the people of this land. Among all the Canaanites and parasites, we are so few that they will join forces and crush us. I will be ruined, and my entire household will be wiped out. But why should we let him treat our sister like a prostitute, they reported angrily. Retorted. Retorted. Okay, Matthew uh, chapter 11, verses 7 to 30.
1: As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they said, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcibly advancing. And violent people are attacking. For before, before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one of the prophets said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. To what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends, we played wedding songs and you didn't dance. And we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking. And you say he's possessed by a demon. The son of man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks. And you say he's a gluten and a drunkard. And a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads so to... To show their remorse, I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you, people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will get go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in the wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than you. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Amen. Psalm 14one 7 Only fools say in their hearts, There's no God. They're corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise. If anyone seeks God, but no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to the Lord. Terror will grip them, for God is with those who obey him. The wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord will protect his people. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When the Lord restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Amen. In Proverbs 319 19-20, says, By the wisdom the Lord founded the earth. By understanding he created the heavens. By his knowledge the deep fountains of the earth burst forth, and the dew settles beneath the night sky. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father God, for today's reading. We thank you, Lord God, that reading out of the Psalms, we seek God in prayer and we ask Him for His wisdom. <clears throat> rejoice in the power and we rejoice in the love that you have available to us, Lord, through Jesus Christ, Lord. We thank you that wisdom is coming from your mountain of Zion. Amen. And rescues us, Lord. And that wisdom is Jesus Christ Himself. Amen. Uh, let me read the, the study. In uh, the Old Testament, says, Jacob must have been amazed to see Esau's change of heart And when the two brothers met again. Genesis was no longer bitter. Esau was no longer bitter over losing his birthright and blessings. Instead, he was content with what he had. Life can bring us some bad situations. We can feel cheated and, as Esau did, but we don't have to remain bitter. If we let it, bitterness can cheat us out of more than we lost in the first place. Instead, we can remove bitterness from our lives by honestly expressing our feelings to God, forgiving those who have wronged us, and seeking contentment with what we have. It is not easy, and it does not usually happen instantly, but God can graciously remove bitterness and replace it with contentment. A
1: little bit of air,
0: It's a very good point. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the other point I wanted to make here that was really good. Yeah. Um, when the when he was wrestling with the angel, uh-huh. and he asked the angel to bless me, and notice the kind of blessing. Uh, Now, Jacob already had the blessing given to him from, uh... His dad. Yeah, the blessing. Because you could tell that he was just multiplying and multiplying and multiplying, okay? And that was an incredible amount of herds that he gave. Can you imagine the the amount of of procession it was? I mean, you're talking about, I don't know, maybe, uh... 10,000, 15,000, um... maybe 20,000 of people and cattle and everything it was a whole city that was that was uh, traveling upward but the main point I want to do is when Israel named uh, when Israel, when he got the new name as Israel and the angel blessed him you see that was the blessing the blessing was in, in the name Israel because the name Israel means Prince right Prince of Peace or something so when he changed his name Israel Today, there's a nation called Israel, and, it, and it's a blessing. And from there, you know, there's not a nation called Jacob. His name was changed. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I, I, I'm into working with other people, and they come in with these nicknames, and really the nicknames, all they do is curse them. Mm. I asked them to, you know, instead of Richie, to be a grown-up and call you Richard. You know, a Billy to call you Robert. You know, investigate their names and tell them to use their grown-up names because they're, they're they're being cursed. And what did you get, honey? Well,
1: it's interesting? You say the angel came, but this this says man. It was a man who came. Interesting.
0: Yeah, but if you read further.
1: Then he said, but then he realizes it's God. He says, I've seen the face of God.
0: Wow. People think, you know, it's a really interesting passage, but it's wonderful to see that, uh, you know, this is way out there. It's something yeah. that happened in the spirit. He probably went into yeah. into heaven and, and uh, just held on to that angel or, or the presence of God and won, you know. Yeah, his, um, his spirit, I don't know.
1: Is this the one where they said um, where he laid his head on a rock?
0: This is, When was he it? was going towards her, yeah. Okay. And he, play, he named the place uh, Bethel. Yeah. Which means house of God. Well, he saw the angels coming and going out. He, he was yes. close, he was close to that area, okay. I think. And he noticed that he didn't go where he told Esau he was going to go. He went to his own place. Yeah, he. For one of the things he wanted to appease him and wanted to be left right with him, mm-hmm. and didn't want to harbor any injustice. You know, he wanted to make sure, with his gift, that his his safety would be assured for years and years to come. You know, an extremely brilliant man, he paid for it ahead of time, over, over and above.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it just, again, like we talked about uh, last in the last chapter, where, you know, he really was a man of integrity, you know, with Laban, right? Yeah. And, um, he, but he just insisted, he said, but Jacob insisted, no, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift for me, and what a relief to see your friendly smile, it's like seeing the face of God please take this gift I brought you for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough.
0: That was an amazing gift that uh, he got. You know, he's Mm -hmm. going overboard and finally Isu agreed to reach to accept accept the gifts. And what did he give him? An incredible amount of of, uh, uh, livestock, right? Yeah, and it's amazing how much he had, you know, how much was it, 10% of his flock Mm -hmm. that he give them? Was it 10%? Well, you know, you figured, how much was it? 220, that's
1: 220,
0: 420, 440, 470, 470,
1: 510, 520, 540. 550,
0: so he had 550 looks like. So that's only 10%, he multiplies then he had like uh, 5,550. 10% um, of 5,000 is 500. So you got you know, enormous amount of- uh, That's what he didn't
1: give him, given 550,
0: right? Enormous amount of resources. But the amazing thing is he had 10 bulls, you know? How do you keep the bulls, unless they're young bulls and they're following their mother, that's how you keep them, you know, from trampling on people. It's <laughs> just an amazing story. Yeah. And there he built an altar and named it El Elohim. So what is El Elohi?
1: I wanted to, I don't know, if you look at that translation, shouldn't it be El Elohim?
0: Probably the same. Mm-hmm. But that's 20, let's see what it says right here for 20. Elohim, Israel means God, the God of Israel. He named that after he got his socket pulled out of place. though. Did it?
1: Well, after his socket was pulled out of place, that's when they called him Israel, a different name. Yeah,
0: we know that one. But we're talking about the Elohim, and there he built an altar. It says, Jacob brought, bought the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamor, Hamor mm-hmm. the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it Elohi, oh, Israel. Which means Israel. Yeah, which means uh, the God, the God of Israel. It means God, the God of Israel. Named L. El- Elohim. It's like double L. L dash He. L means God. Mm-hmm. And then the God. L again. Of Israel. God, the mm-hmm. God of yeah, Israel. Amen. Beautiful. Feels good saying it too. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting how they, uh, they really, they those people that did this bad thing you know in reality they wanted all their resources mm-hmm. you know very soon all their flocks would become our flocks and oh, so yeah forth, that's right and you know, right. mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of God justify it you know that uh, everybody I mean they they took everything and they even stole the the, the, the mothers and the, and the, and children. the kids mm-hmm. and, and used them. all their
1: belongings
0: yeah. All right, uh, Matthew chapter 11, you ready? 28 to 30? 27 or 7 to 30. And I'm going to read from Matthew 11, 28 to 30 oh, okay, in yeah. today's study. Okay. In what sense was Jesus' yoke easy? A yoke illustrates the challenges, work, and difficulties of partnership with Christ in life. When responsibilities weigh you down, including the effort of staying true to God, Remember that Jesus' yoke remains easy compared to the crushing burdens of sin. Jesus doesn't offer you a life of luxury and ease at times. The yoke is still an auction tool for working hard, but it is a shared yoke, the weight falling on the bigger shoulders than your own. Someone with more pulling power is beside you sharing the load. Suddenly you are in partnership and life's responsibilities with a great partner, Jesus Himself. I once had a vision of Jesus's shoulders on the cross, and there were there were no blood on it, and they were full of muscles. You know, this his shoulders. On his shoulders, he can handle anything. Um, what did you get of it?
1: Um, the beginning. Well. What- it says there, it says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart, and that's where you're gonna find rest for your soul. Mm. Um, because his his yoke it's easy to bear and the and the burden he gives is light. So we have to always remember when you have a situation and it's too much for you to handle, give it to give it to Jesus. He's 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 got the burden.
0: Wow. And look at that! <laughs> Interesting. But he's,
1: it'll teach you, you know, as you go through the burden or the problem, it will teach you. He will teach you what he wants to teach you to get you where he's taking you.
0: That's really, really wonderful because you, you opened up uh, something I haven't seen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he goes, "Take my yoke <laughs> upon you. Let mm-hmm. me, let me teach you my words, because mm-hmm. I am humble and gentle. So mm-hmm. we become humble and gentle." And because of these words that you're, you're reading, you will find rest for your souls. Yeah. My, in other words, my words are easy to bear, and the and the burden I give you, I, it, it's light. Right. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.
1: Amen. And Another thing, when you look at the the yoke, that kind of is what binds the ox together, right? So they yeah, you know, you look yeah. Look at the well, picture of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is you know the picture of the ox in one of the gospels I don't know if it's Matthew's or I forget who's which one represents you know Jesus also as the ox strong you know Mm -hmm. being able to carry the loads Mm -hmm. and um, so um, going back to the beginning of Matthew um, the part I I know maybe you can shed some light on this is, is I tell you the truth all who have ever lived none is greater than John the Baptist yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is
0: so So you're talking about a born again person yeah. and a, a non born right. again person
1: and not a born again yet because yeah. Jesus hadn't died and yet and John
0: died before Jesus mm. he went to the cross
1: yeah because it says here for before John all the prophets and the law of Moses looked Forward to this present time,
0: right? Amen. And and all of a sudden, John became part of that. Mm -hmm. You know.
1: And you know, um, the other thing is, um, I know the scripture says, you know, what the way I've heard it, it says, uh, the kingdom of of, the kingdom suffers violence. Um, The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and the violent people are attacking it. So. I've heard this is a different translation it would probably be who was to look at another one but I always heard they kind of go hand in hand the kingdom of god suffers violence and the violent take it by force so I don't right here when I'm reading this that's not what that that seems like people are attacking as the kingdom of god is advancing in this in this time people attack they're being attacked violently because of the the you know, the believe in Jesus. You're believing in Jesus, so you know. I mean, if you look at the world right now, it's not really honoring Jesus the way Jesus deserves. So, you know, it's more like you Jesus freaks, you holy rollers, you prosperity pe- preachers. You know, they they just seem to yeah. You know, I, I so I don't know if that's right on what I'm saying. I, I that's something we should look into a little bit more. And another translation because.
0: Well, you know, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's what what I hear is, and what I'm reading, it sounds like it's mm-hmm. the Pharisees that are attacking it. The mm, yes. non believers uh-huh. and the teachers of the law. Because uh-huh. it says, and from the time of John the Baptist, remember, they went and started, who are you, John the Baptist? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Yeah. Uh-huh. Began preaching on, up until now, see? Uh-huh. And from the right. time of John until right now. The kingdom of God, that's short period.
1: Uh-huh.
0: In other words, the idea of the kingdom of God that is at hand has been forcefully advancing. Really good. Forcefully. In other words, people are saying yes to the kingdom. People are... And violent people are attacking it. Who's violent? The same people that attacked Jesus and knocked him down and mm-hmm. crucified him. Isn't beautiful? We can read it in another translation. Yeah, but it's, it's, worth it's it. But in context it makes sense if you take it out of context at once yes. because mm-hmm. I tell you the truth you know and, and that's, so that means yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is because what happened he just learned that that is that when they when they they told him that they chopped that, that John is dead hmm I think so. We—I we, don't remember reading that in the lesson, but, uh a <clears throat> messenger ahead and will prepare the way for you. I tell you the truth. Okay. You know, John the Baptist made a big deal. You know, people mm-hmm. were flocking to him, and he mm-hmm. was talking about the kingdom of heaven. And, and it says that he was full of the Holy Spirit at birth, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is greater. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is because they're going to be just like Jesus and Jesus is greater than John. And from that time, 11, and from that time, John, to now, John knew that because of the Holy Spirit was preaching the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, baptizing, and people Mm -hmm, have been repenting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People have been saying yes to the kingdom Mm -hmm. of God. They've been cleaning their souls, making the way before him a messenger i'm sending you a messenger a messenger carries the exact message of jesus yeah the messenger is preparing the the, the way for jesus he's getting the people ready and then advancing but violent people and that has to be the he had all always had trouble with who the pharisees teachers of the law are attacking it for before john came all the prophets And the law of Moses looked forward to this event, this present time, okay? And that's when the kingdom of God will be in. And if you're willing to accept what I I say, he is Elijah, the one the prophet said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. We, uh, We need to read it in a couple of translations to get a little more light on that.
1: Yeah, and then as you and as you read further, it says we played ready To what can I compare this generation? It's like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. What do you think?
0: Well, he's still talking about the same people.
1: Yeah, but then it says for John didn't spend his time eating and drinking and you say he's possessed by the demon the son of man on the other hand eats and drinks and you say he's a a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners but wisdom is shown to be right by
0: its results Amen in other words wisdom by actions is shown right by its fruit on the, on the tree Amen. so let's see what another translation says uh, Matthew 11:7 and 30. I got the easy-to-read version. Okay. okay. Before John came, the law of Moses and all the prophets told about these things that would happen. The truth is that John the baptizer is greater than anyone who has ever come into this world. Uh-huh. But even the least important person in God's kingdom is greater than John. Mm. Since the time, I guess, being born again, right? Since the time John the baptizer came into now, God's kingdom has been going forward strongly. Okay,
1: advancing.
0: okay. And people have been trying to take control of it by force. Okay. Before John came, the law of Moses and all the prophets told about the things that would happen. And if you believe what they said, then John is Elijah. He is the one, they said, would come, you people who hear me, listen. What can I say about the people who live today? What are they like? The people today are like children sitting in the marketplace. One group of children calls to the other group, We play flute music for you, but you did not dance. We sang a funeral song, but you were not sad. Why do I say people are like that? Because John came not eating like other people or drinking wine, and people say he has a demon inside him. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and people say, look at him. He eats too much and drinks too much. He's a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right, but what it does uh-huh. by his actions. Uh-huh. Okay, would you like a little more light into that? Uh-huh. I think it's the good news Bible. Okay. And we go back. I'm glad it's not a long one. When you went out to see John in the desert what did you expect to see? A blade of grass bending in the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed up in fancy clothes? People who dress like that live in palaces. Tell me, what did you go out and see? A prophet? Yes, indeed. But you saw much more than a prophet, for John is one of, of whom the scripture says, God, God said, I will send my messenger ahead of you to open the way for you. I assure you that to open the way for you. I assure you that John the Baptist is greater than anyone who has ever lived. He's talking about all the prophets in the past. He's talking about all the other prophets that Even ever a, lived. Yeah. A prophet indeed.
1: Got to open the way.
0: But you saw much more than a prophet. Hmm. To open the way for you. Hmm. I assure you that John the Baptist is greater than anyone who's ever lived, but the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John, from the time John preached his message until this very day, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violent attacks. The violent men tried to seize it. Until the time of John, all the prophets and the law of Moses spoke about the kingdom. Until the time of John, all the prophets and the law of Moses spoke about the kingdom. And if you are willing to believe their message... The, the past people John is Elijah whose coming was predicted listen then if you have ears. now to what can I compare the people of this day they are like children sitting in the marketplace one group shouts to another we played wedding music for you but you wouldn't dance we sang funeral songs but you wouldn't cry then John came he fasted and drank no wine and everyone said he has a demon when the son of man came, he ate and drank, and everyone said, "Look at this man! He's a glutton and drinker, a friend of tax collectors and other I cats. God's wisdom, however, is shown by by tr- true by its results, by its yes. fruits. Wisdom is shown. God's wisdom, however, is shown by its truest results. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more. Let me go to the Message Bible and see uh, if you can.
1: So it's like, it's kind of like the extreme, like John the Baptist did not, um, he wasn't out there eating and drinking, you know, but then they compare Jesus and say, well, Jesus was out eating and drinking with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. So either way, they're not happy. Either way, they say this about the person or, you know, he's demon possessed and you're a glutton and you're a drunkard. So it's like your roles are, you're molding these people into your
0: Legalistic ways. Sounds to me like people were trying to tap into it and and make money out of what was already there, you know. They're trying to take it violent by force. Control freaks are trying to control the crowds. Mm -hmm. When John's disciples left, Jesus started one more talking to the crowd about John. What did you expect when you went out to see him? In the wild? A weekend camper? Harley? What then? A sheik in silk pajamas? Not in the wilderness, not by a long shot. What then? A prophet? That's right, a prophet. Probably the best prophet you will ever hear. He is the prophet that Malachi announced when he wrote, "I'm sending my prophet ahead of you to make the road smooth for you." Let me tell you what's going on here. No one in history surpasses John the Baptist, but in the kingdom, he prepared for you. He prepared you for. The lowliest person is ahead of him. For a long time now, people have tried to force themselves into God's kingdom. Mm,
1: They try to force it on their own ways, their self-righteous ways.
0: Force themselves into God's kingdoms, But if you read the books of the prophets and God's law closely, you will see them culminate in John, teaming up with him in preparing the way for the Messiah of the kingdom. Look at it in this way John is the Elijah you all have been expecting to arrive and introduce the Messiah are you listening to me really listening how can i account for this generation the people have been like spoiled children whining to their parents we want to to skip rope and you were always too tired we wanted to talk but you were always too busy john came fasting and they call him crazy i came feasting and they call me a lush a friend of the riffraff Opinion, <laughs> opinion polls don't count for much, do they? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. I think this is this goes along with what we were talking about the road of, of Demas. You were talking earlier because it's talking. That's right. A prophet, the best prophet ever. It all culminates. Everybody was talking about this opening, this door mm, of the yeah. kingdom of God. Yeah. You know, it says mm. Moses, they all, they, all the Old Testament and the prophets always mentioned what was going to happen in the kingdom of God was going to open. John was going to usher. Yeah, started, the
1: Messiah in. He's the
0: one that got that role. Opening it for people, the lowest person ahead of him. Okay. But in the kingdom, he prepared for you the lowliest person ahead of him. For a long time, now people have tried to force themselves into God's kingdom in their own way. Mm. For a long time. Mm. But if you read the books of the prophets and God's law closely, you will see them culminate in John, teaming up with him and preparing the way for the Messiah of the kingdom. Beautiful. Amen. Very well said. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then um, the next part in Matthew talks about how he, Jesus began to denounce the towns where he did so many miracles, and because they hadn't repent, people didn't, even after seeing all those miracles, people did not repent. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, and it said, what sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida, for if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented their sins long ago. You know, and... Um, So, gosh, it was such a privilege to have Jesus in your midst. You know, the kingdom at hand is right here, right now. I'm your Messiah. You know, we could take this thing right now, have no sickness, no disease, no poverty, no lack. All peace and joy with with the Messiah. Just believe who he is. And that didn't happen. So, it says that, you know, uh, they saw so much. How awesome is that? Um and then the people of Capernaum, will, will, it says, will you be on in, honored in heaven? No, will you go down to? You will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, wicked Sodom, it would still be here today, because they would have repented. Um, and I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than
0: you. Wow. And where's the prayer? Where did he pray? He
1: said, Oh Father, Lord of heaven, in number 25. Um, oh Father, Lord oh, yeah. of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way.
0: Keep going my father Father has
1: entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father and no one truly knows the father Except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him.
0: Amen. That's a prayer right there over here That says abruptly Jesus broke into prayer in the message. Thank you Father Lord of heaven and earth You conceal your ways from sophisticated and know-it-alls, but spell them out clearly to ordinary people Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of the father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Amen. Amen. Are you tired, worn down, burned out of religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavier or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. beautifully written and said. Thank you, Hannah Barbera. We are wonderfully doing the, the works of God. Oh, oh. Amen.
1: Would you like a pear?
0: Yeah, I like a pear, honey. I'm still recording. What oh, else you got? An, an apple. apple? An apple? And okay. a pear. Whatever you like. Well, the pear kind of looks like. It
1: looks nice.
0: It looks nice. Nice color. Who, who my, gave us the pear?
1: Uh, the Bundys.
0: And who gave us the apple? It came from the Lord. It came from the Lord? From the Diocas? Yeah, Diocas. Bundys and Diocas. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Welcome to today's reading of 365 Bible Commentary for January the 16th. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this study. Thank you, Lord, that you promised to be in the midst of us when we acknowledge you. And Lord, we acknowledge you as Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. You are the strength of our heart. You are the strength of our heart and our portion forever. Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. We bless you in the name of the Lord, family. Starting with Genesis chapter 32, verse 13 to 34, 31. Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possession to present to his brother Isu. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ooze, 200 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told his servants, go ahead, ahead of me with the animals but keep some distance between the herds he gave these instructions for the men leading the first group when my brother Esau meets you he will ask whose servant are you where are you going who owns these animals you must reply they belong to your servant Jacob but they are a gift for his master Esau look he's coming right behind us Jacob gave the same instruction to the second and third herdsmen and to all who followed him behind the herds. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts were sent on ahead while Jacob himself spent that night in the camp. During the night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he went. He sent all over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hips and wrenched it out of his socket. Then the man said, Let me go, for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. You will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God's face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't need the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man was strained the tendon of Jacob's hips. Then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant wives. He put the servant wives and their children at the front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then Jacob went on ahead as he approached his brother. He bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. Then Esau looked at the women and the children, and he asked, Who are these people with you? These are the children God has graciously given to me, your servant Jacob replied, Then the servant wives came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children, and they bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came? Esau asked. Jacob replied, They are a gift, my lord, to ensure our friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered keep what you have for yourself but Jacob insisted no no if I have found favor with you please accept this gift from me and what a relief to see your friendly smile it is like seeing the face of God please take these gifts I have brought you for God has been very gracious to me I have more than enough and because Jacob insisted Esau finally accepted the gift well Esau said let's get going I will lead the way But Jacob replied, You can see, my lord, that my children are very young, and the flocks and the herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. I will meet you as seer. All right, Esau said, but at least let me assign some of my men to guide and protect you. Jacob responded, that's not necessary, it's enough that you receive me, warmly, my lord. So Esau turned around and started back to see her that same day. Jacob, on the other hand, traveled on to Sukkot. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was named Sukkot, which means shelter. Later, having traveled all the way from Padam Aram, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem, In the land of Canaan. There he set up camp outside the town. Jacob bought the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it El Elohi Israel. El Elohi Israel means the God. The God of Israel. God, the God of Israel. God, the God of Israel. One day, Dinah, the daughter of Jacob and Leah, went to visit some of the young women who lived in the area. But when the local prince, Shechem, son of Hamor, the Heveite, saw Dinah, he seized her and he raped her. The man fell in love with her and he tried to win her affection with tender words. He said to his father, Hamor, Get me this young girl. I want to marry her. Soon Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah, but since his sons were out in the field herding his livestock, he said nothing until they returned. Hamor, Shechem's father, came to discuss the matter with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's son had come in from the field as soon as they heard what had happened. They were shocked and furious that their sister had been raped. Shechem had gone, done a disgraceful thing against Jacob's family, something that should never be done. Hammer tried to speak with Jacob and his sons. My son Shechem is truly in love with your daughter, he said. Please let him marry her. In fact, let's arrange other marriages too. You give us your daughters for our sons, and we will give you our daughters for your sons. And you may live among us, the land is open to you. Settle here and trade with us, and feel free to buy property in the area. Then Shechem himself spoke to Dinah's father and brothers. Please be kind to me, and let me marry her, he begged. I will give you whatever you ask, no matter what dowry or gift you demand, I will gladly pay it. Just give me the girl as my wife. But since Shechem had defiled their sister, Dinah, Jacob's son responded deceitfully to Shechem and his father in Hamer. They said to them, we couldn't possibly allow this because you're not circumcised. It would be a disgrace for our sister to marry a man like you. But here's the solution. If every man among you will be circumcised like we are, Then we will give you our daughters, and we'll take your daughters for ourselves. We will live among you and become one people. But if you don't agree to be circumcised, we will take her and be on our way. Hammer and his son Shechem agreed to their proposal. Shechem wasted no time in acting on this request, for he wanted Jacob's daughter desperately. Shechem was a highly respected member of his family, and he went with his father Hammer to present this proposal to the leaders in the town gate these men are our friends they said let's invite them to live here among us and trade freely look the land is large enough to hold them we can take their daughters as wives and let them marry ours but they will consider staying here and becoming one people with us only if all of you are men are circumcised just as they are but if we do this All their livestock and possessions will eventually be ours. Come, let's agree to their terms and let them settle here among us. So all the men in the town council agreed with Hamor and Shechem, and every male in the town was circumcised. But three days later, when their wounds were still sore, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, who were Dinah's full brothers, took their swords and entered the town without opposition. Then they slaughtered every male there, including Hammer and his son Shechem. They killed them with their swords, then took Dinah from Shechem's house and returned to their camp. Meanwhile, the rest of Jacob's son arrived, finding the men slaughtered. They plundered the town because their sister had been defiled there. They seized all the flock and herds and donkeys, everything they could lay their hands on, both inside the town and outside the fields. They looted all their wealth and plundered their houses. They also took all their little children and wives and led them away as captives. Afterwards, Jacob said to Simon and Levi, You have ruined me. You made me sink among all the people of this land, among all the Canaanites and parasites. We are so few that they will join forces and crush us. I will be ruined and my entire household will be wiped out. But why should we let him treat our sisters like a prostitute? they retorted angrily. But why should we let him treat our sister like a prostitute? they retorted. Okay, let's go ahead and read the the commentary, please. It says Jacob must have been amazed to see Esau changed of heart when the two brothers met again. Esau was no longer bitter over losing his birthright and blessings. You know, God had blessed him. He had 400 men that followed him to the amazing. Instead, he was content with what he had. Life can bring us some bad situations. We can feel cheated as Esau did, but we do not have to remain bitter. If we let it, bitterness can cheat us out of more than we lost in the first place. Instead, we can remove bitterness from our lives by honestly expressing our feelings to God. Did you hear that? tell God that you hurt. Instead, we can remove bitterness from our lives by honestly expressing our feelings to God, forgiving those who have wronged us and seeking contentment with what we have. It is not easy and it does not usually happen instantly, but God can graciously remove bitterness and replace it with contentment. Amen and amen. God can graciously move bitterness and remove it with contentment. Amen. Um, I had a situation way back in my middle that I was I met a gal we went to church and sure enough we thought that maybe God was putting us together. I got a hold of a ring and all kinds of things and like you know anything else it was going way too fast and and well God bless her. But I got on my knees and, and I and I took my hurt heart to the father. You know, even the parents of the girls came up to me and they told me that um, it was not gonna be a suitable thing. It wasn't on my part, but they just knew the, knew the hearts and they saw the condition. And then I, I got on my knees and I cried out to God. As, and uh, the, as a father, I took my hurt to him. And he fixed me up. He strained it out. He took my pains and fixed it. And I was not bitter. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and do a commentary with uh, our recovery Bible. See what it has to say about that long chapter on Esu and, and the girl. And, Notice how the people wanted, wanted their flocks. You know, they wanted all the resources that the Jacobs and his sons had. Shechem did. All right. Oop, I got the wrong Bible here. I honestly have about, well, no matter how many Bibles I have around them, I can't read them all at once at the same time, right? It's just what I have in my hand right now. All right, here we go. 20 years prior to these events, Jacob had run away from Esau, afraid of his life. Jacob had no way of knowing whether his brother Esau had experienced healing from old wounds and resentments. Since he did not know, he had to make elaborate preparations for reestablishing contact. Jacob's example in this chapter gives many helpful hints to those of us seeking reconciliation with people we have hurt in the past. Wow, that's a lot of reconciliation, huh? He just loaded it up on him. Loaded up the gifts for safety. Although Esau does not genuinely delight, to see his long-lost brother. Esau does seem genuinely delighted. I'm sorry, to see his long-lost brother. We can only speculate about his true feelings. The happy reunion certainly didn't signal the end of the brothers' feud. Conflict between their families continued throughout Old Testament times. The book of Obadiah records the joy that Esau's descendants, the Edomites, expressed over the Israelites' defeat. Obadiah, and Israelite, also joyfully announced the doom of Edom. Even in the New Testament, the hated family of Herod traced lineage back to Esau. Some conflicts are not easily resolved, but if they are left unresolved, they can become a burden to generations far into the future. Wow. Wow. Isn't that something? Long-awaited healing. Step 9. 12-step devotional. We made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Returning to someone who we have hurt is a scary thing. The passing years, lack of communication, and memories of anger and hateful emotions, exchanges can all create tremendous anxiety. Even though we may make some contact with the third party, there will still be tension until we see that person face to face. This was the case of Jacob upon returning to Esau. Then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his four hundred men. Then Jacob went on ahead. Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and threw his hands around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. After being introduced to Jacob's family, Esau asked, And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came? Jacob replied, They are a gift, my lord, to ensure my friendship, my brother. I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself, but Jacob insisted. No, if I have found favor with you, please accept these gifts from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like the face of God. Please take these gifts I have brought to you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Jacob's tremendous fear gave way to relief. The last time Jacob had seen Esau, Jacob was in fear of his life. With the passing of time, both of them had changed. When Jacob faced his brother, he found that they were still affection, even though they both remembered the pain. They were still affection, even though both remember the pain. Amen. <clears throat> All right, let's talk a little bit about the rape. But before that, I was hoping that they would talk a little bit about the angel and the changing of the name Israel. You know, the the significant thing, I think Prince of God, Israel the name means. But the idea is, is that what the words we say have an impact. Remember, Jesus said that every man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What's up with that? That means that the words that we're using on each other should be established already in the Bible. What am I saying? Am I supposed to talk like this? Hi, Jack, may the blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. How are you? (laughs) How was the game last night? Something in that nature. But in reality, we just watch our words and we use good words and they're and they're all related to God's words. Good words, pleasant words are related to God's words. Nothing like, like it kills me, or I myself have to be watching my words. People call me, and they're going through situations, and I got to watch my advice. That it, it be uh, God's advice. Amen. All right, let's move on to the uh, the act of rape. Which is always hideous in itself, but the consequences are usually just as heartbreaking. And this occurrence, rape, led to the deception, ultimate to murder. Dysfunctional patterns and the acts that result from them feed cycles of deepening destruction and hurt. Someone has to choose to break the cycle and begin the process of recovery and healing. Vengeance belongs to God, and when an individual takes revenge, no matter how just the cause may be, there usually are serious consequences. Because of the deception and slaughter of the Ebiites, Jacob and his family became extremely unpopular with their neighbors because they were a small clan at this point. Such a situation put them in grave danger. In recovery, revenge is extremely counterproductive. It only breaks down the reconciliation process that is necessary for personal growth and heavy relationships. Amen. And you can see people having revenges. You can tell when a person has, hasn't has let go or done the steps properly. Uh, they are always uh, want to find fault with a conversation you had with someone or get over on someone. If someone in every conversation is always trying to uh, argue with you or get over with you, He has unsettled uh, fourth and fifth steps, unsettled amends, writing down, and and forgiveness, is it forgiveness issue? And it's a spirit of uh, backward faith thinking that if I look backwards and use my faith, I can fix an offense. You know, but the best fixing is to Write it down, put it in an envelope, and praise God for it. Act like it's a good thing. If there is a reward in doing that process. There is a reward. God is a just God. He will reward us if we start praying for the person for the Psalm 23 and letting it go and cleaning up our sight, cleaning up and turning over our acreage, our hearts, plowing the ground through prayer and, and writing, and letting the Lord take care of the situation. As long as we're saved, we're going to heaven, that's one thing we can't see and value at, at what it should be. That's why Jesus said you should forgive them seven times 70. I said, you got it made, guy. The guy offended you with $10, and here God has given you $10 million. You got more than enough. The Lord has been surely gracious with us. Take it. We have more than enough. I wish I can learn now one. And let go. And, and let go. And let God. Let God be God. Amen. Amen. In other words, I still have to find some people and make some amends. Pay some back rent I didn't pay when I was a young man. You know, it's not that much. But the people are not here. But I have to look for their descendants and find them in Jesus' name. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Matthew. Thank you so much for hanging in with me. Let's go ahead and pray another prayer. Let's pray the uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. The Lord restores my soul. He leads me in paths for righteousness for His name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For the Lord thy God is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. The Lord has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord has anointed my head with oil, my cup run it over. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. When they say he's anointed my head with oil, he's anointed us with Christ, his own son, with the oil and the office of Christ. We are certainly... Fill with the joy of the lord amen all right reading matthew chapter 11 verses 7 through 30 in this particular passage in <clears throat> what sense we're going to talk about was jesus yoke easy a yoke illustrates the challenges work and difficulties of pattering with christ in life A yoke is when responsibilities weigh you down, including the effort of staying true to God. Remember that Jesus' yoke remains easy compared to the crushing burdens of sin. And that's what they are, crushing burdens of sins. Jesus doesn't offer you a life of luxury and ease. The yoke is still an oxen tool for working hard. But it's a shared yoke and weight falling on bigger shoulders than your own someone with more pulling power is beside you sharing the load suddenly you are participating in life responsibilities with a great partner Jesus himself and the amen and the way i do it folks i just get up early in the morning and get into the books get into the bible and took a long time to discipline that and it's easier to open a book and read through there Then be under the crushing burden of sin, like bewilderment, hatred, and activity, or trying to work to pay your rent so hard. The Lord will give you the words that you're churning. The the words that we are churning, that is our our existence, our disease, our reward, our disease. Preventive maintenance towards the disease. Amen. Amen. In Matthew, as John's disciples were leaving, Matthew 11, chapter, verse 7, <clears throat> Jesus began talking about him, about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go out into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed, swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scripture refers when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist, yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets and the laws of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one the prophet said would come. Anyone with ears to hear will listen and understand. To what can I compare this generation? It is like the children playing in a game in the public squares. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs, and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs, and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida. For uh, if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves with burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it will still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than you. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleases you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chose to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. That was Matthew chapter 11, verses 7 through 30. Amen, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for these readings today, Lord. We thank you that you have entrusted everything to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord and no one knows truly the son except the father and no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal thank you heavenly father that you have chosen us to reveal you who you are who your son Jesus is as as our lord and our savior our our warrior our commander in chief our friend lord hallelujah our healer our peace amen and then the prayer that jesus says "O father lord of heaven and earth thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike yes father it pleases you to do it this way amen amen I'm glad we received this and let's go ahead and uh, we already talked about that his yoke is easy to bear and the burden is light and that's his yoke is, is what we're doing right now listening, pondering, and reading that's the, that's the hardest part we have as, as Christianity folks It's to get into the Word of God and be ready in season and out of season. Amen. Praying for the Psalm, Seek God in prayer and ask Him for wisdom. Rejoice that wisdom has come from Mount Zion and rescued the world. Wow. Amen. Um, I like that statement that says uh, that wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So when we get the wisdom of God, it is shown to be right by its results. Reading the word of God, praying, it shows to be right by its results. Amen. So let's stay at it. Okay. Heavenly Father, we seek you, Lord God, and we ask you for your wisdom. Hallelujah. That we may rejoice that your wisdom has come from Mount Zion and rescues the world. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you for that wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 14 says, Only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. The Lord looks down from heaven and the entire human race, and he looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to the Lord. Terror will grip them, for God is with those who obey him. The wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord will protect his people. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When the Lord restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Amen. Interesting that it says right here, Jacob and Israel. Wasn't Jacob's name changed to Israel? When the Lord restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Amen. right, Proverbs 3 19 and 20. By wisdom the Lord founded the earth. By understanding he created the heavens. By his knowledge the deep fountains of the earth burst forth and the dew settled beneath the night sky. Amen. And I prophesy that by the Lord's wisdom the Lord will give us contentment and ease, his love and his peace. Amen. Singing a song unto the Lord, praising his name for his greatness. We give him glory and honor praise be to god in the highest in jesus name amen good morning welcome to this morning's bible study fernando your friend yours let's go ahead and pray heavenly father we thank you lord god For your friendship, thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for the sword of the spirit, which is your word. Thank you, Father, for the transitions that we have in and around us, Lord. Through your word, Lord, we just magnify and praise your word. We lift your word high above your name. And we thank you, Lord. And right in the moment, Lord, we take communion. Lord, the bread of life, which is the blood. And the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the life of the blood. We thank you for this bread that you died for us. You gave up your spirit and your body for us. you broken your body for us. We thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus, for going for that sacrifice to the cross. Giving us, Lord God, life evermore. And justifying us with the Father. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for your blood. Lord, we just rejoice. And every time we take bread, Lord, we acknowledge you. Every time we take the cup, the sip of the water, we acknowledge the blood. And we thank you. And we say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Father, for sending us your word and healing us from all our diseases. Thank you for sending your word and giving us wisdom from all our situations. Thank you for giving us the righteousness of Jesus Christ, his sanctification, Lord. And thank you for redeeming us through Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you, Father, for the cross, for what Jesus did in the cross. And we thank you, Father, for the blood, Lord. We seek you through the cross and the blood, Lord. We just thank you for the blood. Thank you for the stripes, for the stripes by the stripes of Jesus Christ were healed. Hallelujah. For we defeated Satan by the word of our testimony. The devil is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There's no stronger words, Lord, that we can say. The devil is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the blood. Thank you for all the blood that came out of Jesus' body, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for it, Lord. It is precious in our sight. Thank you, Father, that there's power in the blood. There's healing in the blood. There's sanctification in the blood. There's purification in the blood. Redemption in the blood. We thank you, Father God, that there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. We rejoice and we give you praise and thanksgiving. And Lord, we thank you for the the wonderful water, Lord. That's available, Father. Thank you for the wonderful water, the pure water, Lord, that heals, restores, and makes it brand new, Lord. And Lord, we just praise you, and we declare it, it is wonderful soul, for you have made it for us, Lord. We appreciate, we thank you, Lord, just like the blood, we appreciate it. And we thank you for these two liquids, Lord. We thank you for the liquid of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the wonderful water, that Jesus was baptized on. We thank you for these elements. We just take a minute to just praise you. And we thank you for the stripes of Jesus that pulled the precious blood of his body into the ground, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that it's by that blood that we're healed, by that blood that we're restored, by that blood that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we're sanctified, made holy, redeemed. The wisdom of God is upon us through the blood of Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is upon us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are righteous, we are whole, we are holy through the blood of the lamb. And Father, we just thank you for your word. Hallelujah. And now we'll read your word, Lord. Your word declares, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see in fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Amen. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. He lifted me out of the mire of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet in a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause, like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. I waited patiently for the Lord, He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Hallelujah. The Lord our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Psalms 37, 3 through 7 says, Trust yourself, push yourself, focus on the Lord, and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Then again, I remember Psalm 40 verses 1 through 4, which had provided the vision some months before. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the mire, out of the slimy pit, and out of the mud and mire. He set my feet upon a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. The mud and the mire. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Ephesians six seventeen. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. The word of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God who gives us all things to life and godliness.